buddy how have you been oh man i've been good i've been super busy getting things done major changes in my life but uh i feel great man i feel optimistic and i missed your gorgeous gap tooth faced even though it's uh surrounded by this god-awful new york giants football tee this is a nike dry fit this is the most comfortable t-shirt i have and you can actually tell because the letters are deteriorating on the shirt they're, they're starting to pull apart a little bit but you know like the giants we will file on and uh, continue to achieve in this shirt. So, hey man, I can relate. I am wearing a Syracuse Crunch Strong Dry Fit shirt. These things are uber comfortable, man. Like it's the only kind of material I want to buy anymore. Yeah, they're the best, dude. I love these shirts. I love the shorts, and uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I wear the, that material boxer brief too. I got uh, Reebok ones. I got Under Armour ones. I got some jockey ones. I got a pair of Adidas and uh, some Nike compression shorts for uh, when old Bill. You know, drags his ass to the basketball courts and reminds everybody. You gotta, just you gotta keep the little billies dry and comfortable. It's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's true. And you know, at my advanced age, I am thirty-three. Uh, they hang lower and lower every day, man. Uh, and that's uh, not really looking forward to that as a as a even older man. So, my nutsack aside, Tony, what's new, man? I mean, uh, I mean, what specifically new? Um, I, and I know what it is, but how about you tell our lovely listeners what you have going on in your life and how the rest of us should all be jealous of you? Uh, well, first off, uh, I am newly single, no longer engaged. That's a major life change. Um, so, hey, ladies, hit me up at TonyCuse44 on the Twitter. But uh, also, uh, I bought a house out in uh, gorgeous Camillus. I'm dude, I'm super pumped. This place is gorgeous, fenced-in backyard for the for the poops. A nice man cave, a freaking hot tub. Like, are you kidding me? That's a weightlifter's dream. But, yeah, dude, I'm pumped, man. I'm 20 minutes from work, five minutes from my gym, five minutes from welcome to Moe's. But, yeah, man, I'm, I can't wait. I, closing in a couple weeks, I can't wait to get in there. Yeah, man. Um, I'm really excited for you. The house looks fantastic. I looked at it on a Realtor. Really nice house and, uh, you know, good for you, dude. Um and uh, to shift gears to the more important thing right now is me. And uh, <laughs> now nah, I'm just messing with you. But my attic is finally complete. Under the Hoodie Studio is literally a go. I am doing the show from the Under the Hoodie Studio, a.k.a. an office in like a den type thing. It looks awesome. All I've finished. I'm going to put pictures up on, uh, on the Under the Hoodie's Twitter, a nice before and after. Uh, maybe a couple during shots, but... A lot of blood, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears winning up here, and um, I got to tell you, it looks fantastic. We put the TV from downstairs up here, nice 50-incher up here, um, bought a new TV for downstairs, a little bit bigger, you know, we went up about five inches and downstairs, and um, dude, I couldn't be happier with how it looks up here, man. My wife did a good job picking the colors of paint, my father-in-law did a good job of uh, designing up here, and uh, I did a good job of taking directions and... Uh, and putting in where I could uh, fit in with the Dude, look uh, at us, man. The, the two attic. giant man children are adulting. We're killing it. 
It's the worst, dude. I really miss being uh, 12. I had it all figured out when I was 12. I was going to play either in the NFL or MLB. I wasn't sure yet. And, um, I mean, knowing what I know now, I definitely would pick Major League Baseball because, uh, you know, you can play a lot longer. But, you know, when I was 12, I was trying to decide on whether or not I wanted to go to the NFL or, the, or Major League Baseball. Um, and yeah. uh, and then you realized you were short and white. Yeah, and lacked any kind of elite athleticism. I was athletic for a human being, but not athletic for actual athletes, if that makes sense. Um, but that being said, man, we, uh, we've been on a two-week hiatus and a lot of it is because of these life changes we just talked about. Uh, me working on the attic up here nonstop, uh, raising my daughter, my wife's in grad school. It's it's just been uh, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of changes, and um, and you with the house, and we just haven't had time to light up and get uh, get get the show, uh, just do a show in the last two weeks. So I'm happy yeah. to be back, man. I really am. I actually really missed doing the show. It's all I thought about when I wasn't doing stuff was uh, getting back up and doing the show. And uh, now I think we're going to be back on a normal schedule and getting our shows out on Wednesdays. Uh, this one I think is going to probably come out on a Thursday. Um, but it, we are taping it on Tuesday, the 7th. So it's going to come out on the 9th. So if we miss anything, uh, our apologies. But we will be probably doing a uh, 20 to 30 minute show on Thursday night that we're going to yes. hopefully put out on uh Friday or Saturday about our rep, our instant reaction, sort of the first day of free agency. And uh, that's where actually our, we're going to start off is the free agency. So really the big move is, you know, what sort of everybody's waiting for um, is Tony Romo and where Tony Romo is going to go. I mean, there's other definite, definite big storylines, but Tony Romo is the one that I think most people are looking to. And, um, any predictions on where he's going to go since the last time we talked? I mean, what 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 are your what are your hopes for Tony Romo as a fan of the guy? Well, we we talked about it before. I think his best bet is to go to Denver or Houston. Um, there was that talk about uh, a three way trade and somehow him ending up in Washington, which I think is worst case scenario for me as a fan because I just see the ultimate just horror situation where it's Dallas Washington in Washington week 17 or maybe even worse in Dallas for the division and Romo beats us for the division title. I think that absolute worst case scenario, he goes within the division. If he goes to Washington, I'm, I'll probably lose my mind. Yeah. I don't think there was any legitimacy to that. Ian Rappaport, no. he's been striking out more than Ryan Zimmerman. Um, any of you nationals fans will get that. Um, he's like the thing with Romo too, though, is I don't think I mean, from what I understand, they're going to designate him as a July 15th release in order to save more money on the cap. So they, no team will be able to sign him early on anyways. It's kind of a moot point. Right, and I don't think that there's any shot in hell that he would go in the division. I don't picture no. him going to – I just don't. I, I think I think Tony Romo has a good faith um, sort of handshake deal with the Joneses that he's not going to go in the division. I doubt he even goes in the conference. I mean, I, yeah. I called Arizona months ago – I just don't think that's even a realistic thing. I think he's going to the AFC, and I think really the only way that they're going to play each other is in the Super Bowl or if, you know, the one in every four-year, uh, you know, hits while Tony Romo is at one of those AFC teams. Um, I, I honestly agree with you. I think it's Denver or um, Houston. I think the smart money's on Houston. If I'm Tony Romo, I go to Houston. Um, yeah. I think that they're in a better position to get to a Super Bowl. I think – 
I think the AFC South outside of Andrew Luck is pretty weak, even though Tennessee, we'll see how they look after free agency. In Jacksonville, if uh, if the new coaching staff, uh, the Doug Marone-led coaching staff and the Tom Coughlin-led organization, you know, they could be a little frisky, but I don't think they're a threat. They're definitely not a, a Houston Texan caliber team, especially. Yeah, they've with got Tony a lot Romo. of cap space though, and they're supposed to be big buyers in free agency. But we've seen in the past that doesn't always equal results. It doesn't. I mean, really, the only teams I could think of off the top of my head are the 2015 Broncos. Um, and last year's Giants, I think they both yeah. did a good job in the free agency thing, and I think they were both kind of smart about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I definitely see Tony Romo going to Houston. I, that's just the most likely scenario. It's not far from Dallas, you know, in comparison to where everything else uh, or where every other team is. Denver gets cold. I don't think that Tony Romo at his age wants to play in the cold after he saw what happened to Peyton Manning. Um, and how he sort of deteriorated physically. Um, so, yeah, man, I think Houston, I think the smart money is on Houston. I think that gives him the best opportunity to uh, get to a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl. That's a championship-level defense. Even without the best defensive player of the league, they were still a championship-level defense. So, that being said, man, I, I, I love Tony Romo as a Giants fan. I hated playing against him. But uh, I think that guy has done it the right way. He's a great story, undrafted, you know, just for whatever reason, never, you know, the breaks just never went his way. He just seemed almost unlucky to a point, and I, I really hope for success for that guy. Big fan of him. Yeah, you and I both trust. I've always been the biggest Romo backer and apologist. Um, and, uh, okay, so what are some of the other big uh, free agent storylines that you wanted to get into? We didn't really uh... – <laughs> We didn't really do a whole ton of show prep because you and I really haven't had much of an opportunity to talk uh, a lot recently because, like I said, we had, we've both been really busy. So um, what are some names that you like, some teams of those names that you like them going to, um, some of the more fun ones? I mean, what what do you, uh, I mean, well, what, what do the, you like out there? One of the biggest ones on the market because so many of these teams need – it looks. It seems like it's the same three positions all teams need, and they either have one, two, or none of these positions. It's quarterback – um, offensive tackle and defensive end. You need a pass rush. My biggest guy on the board available, it may be Calais Campbell from Arizona. I mean, that guy, he's going to get paid big money. He's an elite pass rusher, and there's a multitude of teams looking at him. I mean, Denver's interested. Jacksonville. The Cowboys, even though I don't think they'll have the cap in order to sign him. Uh, Detroit. Uh, New Orleans. Atlanta. New England. I mean, guy had 53 tackles last year, eight sacks, six pass deflections, two forced fumbles, and a pick. I mean, in a league where pass rush is so important and there's still few of these elite guys, he's going to he's going to command big money on the market. And is there a bigger human being on defense in the NFL than Calais Campbell? I'm looking up his size. He's, oh, he's six foot eight, two hundred and eighty pounds. Um That's a freight train. He runs a four eight forty. A four eight forty for that size human being is absolutely insane. Not that the forty time matters really and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the combine later in the show but um, if i saw that guy running at me i would just evacuate my bowels like there would be no shot in hell and and the other thing how are quarterbacks going to throw over this guy i mean yeah that's how he's got to pick he's massive he is tall big and quick yeah and and strong as a damn ox i mean i'm a big calais campbell guy i think um a lot of a lot of these boards have uh aj Bowie and dante hightower elshon jeffrey um being being a little bit higher 
on their, uh, you know, most important or better player board, but I don't think it's even a question. I think Clayus Campbell is the absolute king of this free agency class, and and yes. he's not a guy that you go to bed at night as an owner and be like, oh, I hope this guy doesn't get arrested tonight. He's not that guy. He's yeah. just not. And um, I think and there's a plethora of wide receivers available, but there's so few DN talent. Right, and 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 at that point, important of a position. I mean, Clayus Campbell is just sort of a cap casualty on a defense that's already stacked. I mean, they just yeah. can't afford him. And you know, he's 30 years old. This is a shot at a massive contract. He should yep. take it. And I, this I don't is a big money deal. Right. And I don't agree. I don't disagree with him. Uh, him. Him leaving Arizona or or wanting the the number he's you know he's valued at. He should definitely go out and try to get the most money he can. Um, Elshon Jeffrey does not excite me at all. Really good when he's healthy and he's on the field, but that's very rare. You either get yeah. Elshon Jeffrey that's not playing or a diminished version of Alshon Jeffrey who's hurt when he is playing and he's not as effective obviously when he's what hurt. What is he suspended for as well? He got four games for something, didn't he? Was it pot? Oh, maybe Adderall. I I don't know. I didn't even know that that was a thing with him. That's how far off the radar the Bears are uh to me. Um but it, yeah, um he just he just does nothing for me. Although I do it does all sides point to him either going to Philly or Tennessee. Ideally, he would go to Philly. Uh, just because I think he's a big target for, ideally for him, not for me. Um, but he's a big target for Carson Wentz. Um, I think, I think having a legitimate number one receiver for a really young quarterback, I think would, uh, would, oh, would really help. Yeah. Um, I don't think Marcus Mariota needs that as much as, uh, Carson Wentz will. I think Marcus Mariota is a guy that can succeed without it. And Tennessee's, Tennessee's offense is built around the run game, not on their passing game. Um, not like Doug Peterson's, uh, his offense in, in Philadelphia. Um, yeah. Speaking of Jeffrey, he uh, was popped for PED. He uh, took a supplement that it contained an ingredient banned by the NFL. Okay. So, I mean, that could be anything, but you know, you got to be smarter than that. You, you know, read the labels, find out what's in the substance or in the supplements and know what you're putting into your body. Yeah. You would think that these guys would have a better idea of that, but it doesn't seem like they'd be that they do so um, Dude, just hire the guy from vitamin world who makes like 12 bucks an hour he'll tell you like every single ingredient that's in the stupid vibe. oh yeah absolutely um gotta pay him 15 bucks an hour you got him easily <laughs> yeah. you make millions i mean what, what you can't afford to keep a guy on staff making 15 bucks an hour telling you about your supplements right so, exactly be smart um, so uh so so some other names out there uh, we mentioned uh, EJ Bowie, and I'm probably just destroying his last name, Booyah or whatever the hell. Dante, I Hi- love Booyah, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> Dante. That. Yeah, you should. Dante Hightower, um, definitely a name. Um, it came out today that he had a quote unquote positive meeting with Bill Belichick. Uh, they decided not to franchise him, but I don't know if that's by design by the Patriots or that he's just not a guy that they feel is worth franchising. That's that's always the question when it comes to the franchise tag. Why are they being franchised? Why are they not being franchised? Um, why are a lot of these guys allowed to hit free agency? And, it, and a guy like Clayus Campbell, like we talked about, I think it's just his asking price and the price that they're already paying for a lot of the players on their defense. And he yeah. was just sort of casualty of it, and he's 30. So, but with a guy so like Al- – go ahead, go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say, a few guys are getting tagged, I think, just for the prospect of a trade, like uh, Kirk Cousins mainly for Washington and uh, – quarterback uh tremaine johnson for the rams yeah they both got tagged i think uh tremaine cost 16.7 million and kirk cousins cost what was it like 18 million more now no 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 uh 24 million because because you either have to they 
the way the franchise tags works is it's either it's the average of the top five uh, players at that position, which last year, 2016 season, it was 18 million or 120 percent of the of the player's previous year's salary, whichever is more. So well, plus last season Cousins got tagged and he's gotten tagged the second year, so it gets boosted up. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. it's so much higher. It's 120% of the year prior. So that's not that is why he's going to be making just under $24 million this upcoming year if he plays under the tag. If I'm a if I'm an NFL player, I want to be paid under the tag every year. Absolutely. Um oh, yeah. Can but, we talk about too? What's Washington doing with Cousins? Like, how, is this guy not proving himself? They're out of their school goal for not signing him to a long-term deal last season i mean and then you get him for another year i, I mean you do they think they're going to do better i mean my guess yeah. is they think they might have a shot at jimmy garoppolo or they like somebody in the draft better than kirk cousins which i think it's kirk such cousins- a crapshoot though you have your franchise guy like the quarterback is the most prized asset possession in the national football league. and they and have one so hard to find there's maybe what 10 to 15 good to elite quarterbacks in the nfl and they have one He's not – I mean, he's not Brady. He's not Breeze. He's not even Phillip Rivers, but – you know, or Rodgers. But the guy, he's second tier. He's a good to great quarterback. He gets them competing for playoff spots. He gets them wins. He wins them games. Like, what else do you want, Washington? Like, what are you striving for? For a franchise that's been struggling at the position for decades. Yeah, I mean, they, they thought they had – Yeah, no, I agree with you. They thought they had the guy in um, in RG3, and that didn't work out. And then they drafted Kirk Cousins in the fourth round of the same draft. A as, steal. As sort a of, steal. Yes, an absolute steal as security. And Mike Shanahan um, – I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, and Mike Lombardi said that Mike Shanahan actually wanted to start Kirk Cousins over RG3 and was overruled by upper management. And ultimately, that's what cost him his job in Washington. Um is is his just sort of infatuation with Kirk Cousins and him being a just overall better player than RG3. I think history's been real kind to Mike Shanahan on this, and I don't know why these owners think that they know more than the Mike Shanahan's of the world. They just don't. Mike Shanahan's yeah. been winning in the NFL for 25-plus years. They're they're out of their mind if they think they're smarter than that guy. They're not. They're just it's not, especially when it comes just, to football. It's just got to be the narcissism of the owners or something. Like the general managers, like, oh, I drafted this guy. I drafted the flashy guy that we want to build around and build our exposure. And you know, it's not working out. But we just can't bite the bullet and admit it. It's mind-boggling. Like you, you have your guy. Why do? You, why are you so obsessed with trying to trade him? I, I don't. Get and it. if I'm San Fran, I go get him. Absolutely. I agree, a hundred percent. I don't know why these teams are like, oh, New England's asking price is too high for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's don't it grow on trees. Be. Kirk Cousins don't grow on trees. They're so hard to find. If I'm Cleveland, I'm 100% giving up that 12th pick and next year's pick to get Jimmy Garoppolo. From San Francisco, I'm on the phone with them as we speak, trying to get rid of the second pick. Who cares? Do they think that there's a better quarterback? quarterback? There's not a a quarterback better than either of those two guys in this draft, with the exception of maybe Deshaun Watson, but that's even me, Bill Kegel, sitting here in his freaking redone attic, (laughs) just just guessing. I don't know. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. It's a great attic. Uh, but yes. it, I'm just guessing, man. I um, and that like, I, if I'm Kansas City, dude, I'm offering up Eric Berry, Travis Kelsey, Alex Smith, and a first round pick to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like you need a franchise quarterback. Look how far Kansas City has a great roster, one of the best rosters in football. But they have a mediocre quarterback with Alex Smith, who can just he won't lose you games, but he can't win them either. And look where that got them. It got them to the division round of the playoffs and out. Again, the point is to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, again, and um. I think so frustrating. I do think how do that, we know this and GMs don't? 
I think that Kansas City is going to actually address their quarterback issues in the draft. I really do. I see them taking Mitch Trubisky if he falls to them, um, or maybe Deshaun Watson if he does. You know what's funny, by the way, and uh, we'll pop back into free agency in a second. I've been reading a lot of mock drafts. A lot of mock drafts have the Giants drafting Deshaun Watson. Ooh, they yeah. need a quarterback for the future, and you can develop them behind Eli. That's not yeah. a bad move. For the rest of Eli's career, I believe he has two or three years left on his contract. I think two, because he signed it at the beginning of 2015 and 2014. I can't remember. And, uh, yeah, so he played 15, 16 with it. So, yeah, he has two years left. And that's perfect. That's a perfect transitional move for, for yeah. an organization that doesn't want to have to be in that quarterback purgatory. I don't have a problem with them doing that as much as I love my Lord and Savior, Eli Manning. So, anyway, back <laughs> to You don't Freitas. throw him out to the Wolves too quickly either. Like, we saw with Aaron Rodgers letting him develop for a couple years. Yeah, it and out great. Yeah, yeah, worked out okay for them. Um, they only have the best quarterback to ever play the position ever in the history yeah. of people that throw oblong objects. So that being said, to put a quick bow on the free agents, <clears throat> free agency talk, and move on to the combine, um, we, you and I both love Calais Campbell. Not really high in Alshon Jeffrey, um, and I think another guy that I think. Might be a tad overrated. I actually have two guys, and I want to get your I want to get your quick, uh, just quick opinion on both of these guys: Don Terry Poe and Stephon Gilmore. For guys with that much talent, why are they being allowed to walk? I mean, what's your theory on that? <laughs> I, I I don't know. I almost wonder if it's maybe character issues behind the scenes. They just don't fit the scheme. I'm I don't have a great answer for that one, honestly, because they're both studs. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird one to me. Um, I, I don't think Don Terry Poe is a guy who plays real hard. I think he's one of these guys. This is only my theory, just some stuff that I've heard about him. I think he's just one of these guys that he's... You know what? I, I'll, use, I'll steal an analogy because I can't really articulate it better than he did. But it, to steal another Mike Lombardiism. um he's a trailer player he is a guy that looks better uh he's he's what he means by a trailer he means a movie trailer player so like oh that looks that looks like a great movie that looks like a great player when he runs and when he makes plays but then you see the movie and it's like meh eh, it was okay that's sort of don terry poe don terry poe looks good throwing a football or or running the 40 yard dash or, or or doing the 225 bench but then you get him in games, he takes plays off, he gets sort of lazy, he gets he gets lazy with his technique, and he's not as effective as you think. So I think that that's maybe the problem with Don Terry Poe. Stephon Gilmore, I think a lot of his issue is he's pretty brittle. He gets injured every year, seemingly. He gets these, like, he misses these four to six games a year. A lot like Prince of Makamura, um, who, a lot of ability, could be a really really above average player but just seems to get nicked up quite a bit so i think that that's sort of both of their issues there is um they they're they're just guys that i think maybe underachieving in the nfl one for lack of trying and the other for just being nicked up and maybe for lack of trying as well with gilmore we saw him get beat a few times by um uh, what's his name? Though I was about to say the white dude, the white receiver from New England, but that doesn't narrow it down. Kevin, uh, Chris Hogan. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, like three or four. Yeah, and Chris Hogan. Um, yeah, burn him uh, pretty bad in one game, and it's like that's Chris Hogan. You're Stephon Gilmore. You should never get burned by that guy, but he did. 
And uh, I think oh, that Gilmore got burnt things. by the Jets in week two in the Thursday night game that I was at live. Like that, uh, they gave up 400 yards passing to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow that was on the offensive coordinator that game. That was a weird one. Um, I like yeah. Anthony Lynn, but mm, he he definitely wasn't the issue. Um, Speaking of the Bills, quick too, I gotta go off on them a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, some of their cuts make zero sense to me. I get cutting Dan Carpenter. He's missed 11 extra points and nine field goals in the last two games. I mean, he's missed some crucial kicks. Yeah. But why did they cut Roby Coleman, the slot corner? I, I don't I don't get that. They, they're going to need Tw- corners help. They're not keeping Gilmore. It's pretty Dude, obvious. Tw- he's 25. Like, he's got a lot of potential. I think he's really talented. And they saved $1.65 million against the cap by cutting him. That's that was nothing. A, that was a curious move because they're rolling with Corey Graham and Ronald Darby. I'm not sure. I mean, AJ. I mean, de- God. Uh, the, no, the Cowboys are desperate for corners. We're probably going to lose our entire secondary. Like, I'll take Roby Coleman as a slot corner in a second. Like, offer him three, four million dollars. Let's go. Yeah, I would too. I would. Um, I I would say that about the Giants as well. Um, and uh, a lot of how I base my opinions is on uh, whether or not I would want the Giants to have that guy at that price tag. I would want that guy at that price tag, man. I really yeah, would. Absolutely. I, I don't think he's a terrible player. He's really undersized, but I don't think that that necessarily means a ton when he's playing in the slot. The only issue with playing in the slot is that he has to run defend, and maybe he's a liability in run defense in in uh, McDermott's scheme. That's the only thing I could really think that might be an issue because he is so small. He's too small to play outside, and he's too small to run defend. But I, I, outside of that, I really don't. I really don't. I would just keep it. him for depth at that point. Like he costs you so little, you're saving nothing by cutting him, right? Like, Especially I, with the cap going up twelve million dollars. I don't know. That yeah. is weird. I, I mean, like the Bills make those. I get what the Jets are doing. The Jets are in total rebuild mode, and I get that. And let's talk about the moves the Bills have made. I mean, the Bills are going to drop off this year. The Jets are terrible. Like New England just runs away with that division again. Like there's no competition for them in the East. It's amazing to me. I think if they sure up the, um, I think if they sure up Ryan Tannehill, and I think that Miami actually could make a little bit of noise in that division. I'm not oh, saying stop that they're it. gonna. Stop Tony, it. Let me finish my point. God damn it! <laughs> hate you people. Anyway, um, you so people. what I'm saying, I you didn't let me finish. I was gonna add a caveat to that, which I don't think that they're going to. Obviously, I don't think they're gonna win the division. But what I'm saying is, is that. Buffalo and the Jets are so far behind Miami, it's not even funny. And how yeah. far Miami is behind New England is a, is is a massive gap. So the I'm just I'm just more or less illustrating the fact that Miami has JJ, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, maybe Kenny Stills, uh, Jarvis Landry, Jordan Cameron if he gets healthy, and then they have a really really good defensive line. Decent linebackers led by Kiko Alonso, a pretty good secondary. I mean, Miami is a legitimate, legitimate team. And um, Buffalo and the Jets, even more the Jets and Buffalo, are just so far behind those two teams, New England and Miami, that it's it, it's it's almost mind-boggling that, that the fans of those teams think that there's even a remote shot that they can be competitive. I think that... I think that if the Bills are willing to give Sean McDermott a leash, a long leash, and actually let him play out the length of his contract, there's actually, I, in my opinion, there could be something there. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, and I, I really just don't understand. I guess what either team is doing, and and specifically the Bills by letting Roby Coleman go, um, 
that was the weird one. Uh, they just tendered Mike Gillisley for an original round pick. So I think he was a seventh round pick. So in order to get him, you have to give up a seventh round pick. He's a, no. he's a, he's a running back with some tread on him. I don't think anyone's going to do that. So he's going to be back with the team. Um, I mean, there, there's, what's the saying? Snowball chance in hell. I think it's yeah. a snowball's chance in the middle of the sun that, uh, that Sammy Watkins stays there unless they're going to offer him an absurd amount of money and they somehow signed a CBA like the NBA where the, the team that the drafts you could actually pay you the most, which isn't the case in the NFL. So I don't see Sammy Watkins staying. So it's either yeah, sort plus of... Plus who's uh, throwing him the ball. Well, okay, you see, here's where you and I are a little bit divided on this. I actually think that the best option is to keep Tyrod, um, which is kind of not a fun position to be in because he's not exactly lighting the world on fire with his arm. Um, I'm not going to blame the scheme because I don't know if I've seen much from his arm to justify the scheme being an issue. I think it's a genuine lack of arm talent. Not saying that you can't be successful with a guy like Tyrod because I think he does a lot of things with his legs. I think he is a starting NFL quarterback, and I actually think you have to tailor your offense to him way more than you probably want to with a guy of that skill set. That being said, um, Having to decide, I guess, uh, if your if your if your front office is having is mixed, or your front office and coaching staff is mixed on whether or not you should keep your quarterback or get rid of your quarterback, you should get rid of the quarterback if you have any question. If you think that there's a guy, at least if you think there's a guy in free agency, or if you think that there's a guy in the draft that you you feel stronger about. But who knows? At that number, man, I don't know if I'd keep Tyrod either. But that you know, that's that's it's hard to say. It's really hard to say because the Bills just don't know. By the way, Bills fans, head over to uh, One Orchard Park Drive and pick up your personalized Jay Cutler Buffalo Bills jerseys, soon to be on sale. It's One Bills Drive, buddy. Oh, One Bills Drive. Sorry. Cody's not from New York. Sorry, guys. So, yeah. um... From Buffalo. Thank God. Yeah, gee, see, I can't even. Well, you screwed up in a uh, text earlier. You screwed up Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, which... um... Billy Madison, terrible movie. Happy Gilmore, entertaining. Um, but that... Apples and oranges. Very close. They're both fruits. I can't get over in this little Skype screen how much I look like Matt Damon if he just literally started eating Taco Bell and uh, got a piece of um, meat stuck in his teeth. You look like Matt Damon with diabetes and Down syndrome. The Down syndrome thing wasn't necessary. Um, sure it was. You're listening to Under the Hoodies. That's Tony DeNicola. I am Bill Keagle. He is at TonyQs44. I'm at Bill K. Eagle. We are both at Under the Hoodies and our Facebook page, Under the Hoodies Podcast. We need to do something with that over there. But there will be stuff shortly. Soon you'll be able to find us on SoundCloud, I think, in the next week. We should be on SoundCloud. We also could be found on iTunes um, under the Back Sports Page channel. And, Tony, we are getting our own iTunes feed soon. So you just go to Under the Hoodies. I'm very excited about that. We have a logo. That's awesome. We have business cards. We are making moves out here. So, also, Tony, I didn't warn you about this, but I'm actually going to announce it. So now I'm forced to do it, and I'll give people updates as we do it. But Tony and I are uh, working on a Buffalo Bills serial podcast-like Bills Mafia docu-series that we're probably going to put out at the beginning of next year. Um, 
and and what the uh, premise of it is is we are going to essentially tell the season of the two or tell the story of the 2006 excuse me 2017 Buffalo Bills basically through their fans through uh, some hopeful some, hopefully through some media personalities hopefully through some uh, former players that I uh, may or may not uh, be able to contact and um, Tony, do you want to let everybody know what you told me about this project is going to happen or not happen? Oh, yeah, I think I basically said that uh, I just don't see you have enough time to do it, but I hope you do. I'm almost using reverse psychology on you. I'm trying to motivate you. I don't need to be motivated to do this. It's never a motivation issue. It's a time issue. So I am full transparency here, letting everybody know that I'm going to do this. So now if I nice. don't do it, then I have to put the podcast. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't want to do that. Um, so I'll be honest with you, this whole thing is going to get really dark-sided by weeks 14, 15, 16. And the most important thing in the narrative of this is that you and I are not going to be telling a story. We are going to narrate, we are going to guide the listener, but we are not going to tell a story. And um, the funny part about what you're saying about week 14, I actually think that darkness is going to happen right around week 6 when they're uh, 1 and 5. And... Uh, and are starting a quarterback that you've never heard of. Um, so I, uh, <laughs> Some practice squad guy oh that the fans fall in love God. with and give him his own cereal. Jeff Tool 2. Um, <laughs> Jeff Tool 2. Um, <laughs> tool Time, the sequel. Oh, God, Tool Time, part two. Um, but, yeah, man, I just wanted to put that out there just as a uh, little bit of self-motivation, and now, again, I'm forcing myself to do this. But I'm actually really excited about it because I've always wanted to do something similar to that, so... Anyway, all right, Tony, let's talk about the NFL Combine. The NFL Combine is uh, the Underwear Olympics. It's the uh, – <laughs> it's That's a great line. It's it's a bunch of guys in really tight it's clothes. It's the Fruit of the Loom Olympics. Yeah, that look – well, I guess now the Under Armour Olympics because they sponsor yeah, it. Um, a bunch of guys that look way better in tight clothes than you and I ever will or maybe ever have. Um yeah. And uh, they're basically doing some of the most athletic shit you've ever seen in your life. The uh, standing broad jump world record got set, broken, and reset again over the last couple of years. Jamie Collins and um, Byron Jones. Uh, Jamie Collins broke the world record, I think, with a standing long jump of 12 feet. Byron Jones jumped, did that uh, plus an extra six inches. It was, if, you know, go on YouTube and actually look at Byron Jones' standing broad jump. It's. It's some. It's crazy. It's crazy. It just reminds you that they're that people that NFL players are not from this galaxy, and yeah. um, one of which is John Ross. He's not from this galaxy. He's not a human being. That man is part automobile because how <laughs> fast he freaking ran and somehow got hurt um, is is just mind blowing. Um, I mean, go go ahead, Tony, because I know you had a, you had points about this. You wanted to get off your chest. Because I have something to talk about, too, and I've been yammering on too long. So go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I usually put zero stock into the combine. Like you said, it's the underwear Olympics. Like, it's great if – I mean, when in a game does a guy run a 40-yard dash straight ahead and never juke left or right, and he's also wearing pads? Like, I, I think the numbers are inconsequential in the long run. I mean – these are the kind of numbers that got Jamarcus Russell a huge contract with the Raiders because he could throw a ball on you know on one knee seventy yards through a goalpost. But the one thing that did jump out at me though, I'll give this credit um, because I watch this guy a lot. I love SEC football. 
I watched a lot of Texas A&M football, but Miles Garrett, the DN for Texas A&M, guy is 6'4", 272. He ran the 40 in 4.64 seconds. Uh, Bench press 225, 33 reps, a 41-inch vertical. This guy is a beast, and he can, he plays well in pads. The game film is there. The guy's strong. He's quick. He's agile. He's got a great motor. Like it's, it's the one time where I, I looked at the combine. I'm like, yeah, this all matches up with the play on the field. Like I'm actually, what whoever gets this guy, they've got to be pumped for him. Yeah, he was actually who I was actually uh, who I was going to bring up, <clears throat> Miles Garrett. Um, one of the most impressive combines I've ever seen. Uh. I think I think you hit it right on the head. The the tape matches up with the combine. It really does. It, it's watching that man do what he did is it was just impressive, and he cemented himself as the first overall pick. Um, unfortunately for him, that the first overall pick is going to be Cleveland. I don't see <laughs> anybody giving up the kind of haul they gave up last year to get Jared Goff and Carson Wentz um, no. to get a uh, a stand up outside pass rusher. A, essentially a Von Miller in a bigger body with uh, a little bit extra power. Um, you know, I think... It'll... Did you happen to see that YouTube video of him too, by the way, of um, where he was basically begging Dallas because he's from yeah. the Dallas, Texas area to trade up and draft him, which uh, Dallas does not have the chips at all to do? Oh, uh, how hard would you cream yourself if that's what happened? It would be bad uh... times for you <laughs> if uh, you, you would be walking like one of those newborn baby fawns. Like if uh, if you if you traded up and got Miles Garrett, oh dude, my pants would become a sundial. Are you kidding me? Uh, we've we've decided over the two weeks, by the way, that we should we should be more vulgar. So I apologize for the cream uh, comment. That's just offensive. Thankfully, nobody in my family cares about me or loves me anymore. So I don't have anyone really to offend anymore. So uh, no big <laughs> deal. Um, but uh, but yeah, man. Um, <clears throat> I have a question I have to ask you, by the way. This is really to do nothing, but I just thought about it, and I meant to been, I've been meaning to ask you this, even just on the phone or via text, but uh, it's actually better yeah. fodder for the show. So All now right. that Shoot. you're newly single, uh, yes. well, semi-newly single, and um, you know, and this is no offense to your, your uh, now ex-fiance. I, I actually quite enjoyed your ex-fiance. She was like, No, I she was hold lovely. no ill will toward her. No, I no, mean, no, no. And, we're two different people. I mean, it's... Yeah. I just, I actually texted with her earlier. We're still cordial with each other. She sent me pictures of the dogs. Yeah, and that's good, and I'm glad. So now that you're newly single, uh, how many episodes of This Is Us have you watched? Oh, zero. Exactly. <laughs> so don't you ever suggest a show that your wife likes. <laughs> ever. That's such a great point, you by the way. son of a bitch. No. You, you know what I have watched, not though? watching that. What? I have watched more NBA games in the last two weeks than I've watched in the last two years yeah, combined, sure. and I've been loving it. Yeah, I've been loving watching the Cavs, love watching the Warriors. As much as they frustrate me, and I don't know why I do it, but I hate myself. I've been watching a ton of Knicks games. It's been awesome. I, I'm loving the NBA this year. The games have been just so good. Yeah, man, I'm actually kind of jealous of you because I've been trying to watch the NBA as much as possible. And again, not to keep bringing up the attic, but now that the attic's done, I will be able to watch way more. Um, and I, I, I've really been, I've really, ever since the NFL season ended and I sort of got over the pain and suffering of that, I've been, uh, been a few first. In the it's end. a hard two week period, by it's the way. It's a very difficult two week period. But the NBA, after the All Star break, it's when it starts, it starts getting interesting. The free agent period, like it always does, just sort of let us down. I think that uh, there were a couple interesting things that happened. 
um, one of which being uh, the New Orleans Noel trade, the St. Andrew Bogut to the Sixers, which then um, in turn got him sent to or got him signed by Cleveland, probably the better way to say it. And then Vermin subsequently, subsequently break his leg and be out for the year. Um, that's 58 weird. seconds in or 55 seconds in. That's so <laughs> like, unfortunate, man. That's so yeah. unfortunate for a team that was in, I would say desperate need of a big guy, but I think, I think Bogut and Darren Williams actually sort of solidified them as being the favorite in the NBA to repeat for the title, especially with Kevin Durant down. Even if Kevin Durant comes back from that injury, I think he's not going to be as effective as he's been. You know, yeah, and, and that really Cleveland's sucks. lucky too in the East, though, because uh, Boston I think has lost like five of seven after the All Star break. They're falling off a bit. Atlanta, I don't know if you saw it the other night, but the whole thing with Dwight Howard and uh, I forget the the guard arguing with each other. Yeah, yeah, and Curry hits a three while they're arguing. Like Dwight Howard just can't get out of his own way in such a head case. And now they bench Schroeder when it, you know it's clearly Howard's fault. But God forbid if you don't bend to the whim of that prima donna. So yeah, Atlanta's fallen off a bit. Boston's fallen off. I mean, it's you know, Cleveland might have a little trouble maybe in the finals, but I, you know, they're gonna they're just gonna run through the East. It looks like unless Boston gets their stuff together. What are your thoughts on this um, uh, resting players uh, thing? What where do you come down on that? I I mean I I get it, especially with elite guys like LeBron and um, and the Spurs do it a ton too with their with their talent. Because if you think about, I mean, with the amount of playoff games these guys play, because they're they're in it every year, so that's an additional what twenty to twenty five games plus every four years they're in the Olympics. Like they wear off a lot more tread than players in the past. It seems like, yeah. but then again, too, the travel and the accommodations are so much better. I mean, as a fan, I absolutely hate it. Like if I four months ago, you know, bought a bought air you know flight hotel to go to, let's just say. Um, you know, let's just say Washington D.C. because the Cavs are coming to town. I got to see LeBron, and then you know I spent six, seven hundred bucks, and then LeBron doesn't play that night. Like I'm, I'm irate, man. Like I plan my whole vacation around that. So as a fan, I absolutely despise it. But as far as like the organization, I get why they do it, and it's smart. So it's you know, it's it's kind of a catch twenty two. It is, and I think a guy like LeBron who plays so many minutes, it's actually probably better for him. Um, if he uh, if he sits out certain games and, and and the team he's on just coasts to the playoffs and I mean they they could probably win fifty you know forty five to fifty games without LeBron playing half the season most likely and um, they're gonna coast the number one seed they're gonna have the easiest route they're gonna get back to the finals barring any kind of catastrophic injury to LeBron um, and uh, I think that they still even without Bogut. Um, I still think that they can win because I just don't think that Kevin Durant is going to be right for the rest of the year, unfortunately. Um, it really sucks that I like Kevin Durant. Um, the Warriors, they sort of bug me, but that's only because they've been winning so much and, you know, they're just sort of the toast of yeah. the town. But they don't. Re- it's not a team I despise that I'm so sick of seeing, like, going, you know, it's like the Lakers. I, I got, I just, I've never, I was never a Kobe guy. I, I like Shaq, but I was just never a Kobe guy. I was never a fan of Andrew Bynum. I was never a fan of those teams from the from the you know late two thousands, early tens that were you know with the, the Andrew Bynum, Kobe Bryant, Pau Gasol, you know Laker teams. I was just never yeah, a fan. super teams. I hated those teams. That wasn't even necessarily yeah. a super team. I think that was sort of a well constructed team. I just didn't like it. Like I'm just not a just not a fan of that that 
I'm just not a fan of that type of ball-centric player. It's, not, it's kind of why I've like cooled off a lot on Russell Westbrook. I just think he's too ball-centric, and I, I just he he. Yeah, everything runs through him. If he doesn't get a triple double, like they have a losing record. Like the guy has to do it every night, which just isn't. You can't sustain that energy, that level. You can't, and you know I do give him a lot of credit because he he has so far. He's not shown much sign of slowing down, and the guy is otherworldly athletic. Uh, has an otherworldly athletic ability, and he's just just a goddamn animal. But at the yeah. same time, but like, just wait till the playoffs when you put the Spurs up against him, and Popovich just you know schemes a defender to just hammer him constantly. Oh my he's god, he's gonna wear it out. Kawhi, in the seven game series. Yeah, Kawhi Come is on. gonna guard him, and then he, he, he yeah yeah that he's he's, he's gonna be ineffective. I mean, Kawhi is just like a a mixture between a a time portal and a uh, just a really strong vacuum like you can't do much can't do much against that guy you know so yeah that being said i i, I like uh I, I i like san antonio possibly to beat golden state in a series i don't see it but i like it um but cleveland's just gonna coast in the eastern conference i mean it's not even really much of a question yeah, and it it's funny you talk about Golden State too, how you hate them because you know a few years ago they're everybody's darling and we all love them, and it's much like uh, what they say in Batman, you know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain, and that's that seems to be all these little darlings. I mean, dude, look back to two thousand one and how the New England Patriots were everyone's darling, and now they're the most despised franchise in sports. Like it's just if a team's too good for too long, people just turn on them. Yeah, no, it's so true. That that quote is so applicable to. Uh... So applicable to uh, the Warriors, actually. It's so funny. Or any of these teams that were like Cinderella stories, and then they all become all of a sudden become a juggernaut. God, it's, yeah. it's beyond applicable. That's so. That's a great, great. Uh, it's a great point. But um, it also doesn't help too that they have the uber douche Draymond Green on their team. Like that guy just. Uh, did you hear the stuff he said about the Knicks game the other night? How the like the first quarter they weren't playing any music or any any noise or anything for the game. They just want to let the game speak for itself, and he just went off on them about it. Like that's your biggest concern, dude. Really? If he wasn't on that team, he would be a guy that isn't talked about nearly enough or nearly as much yeah. as he should or is, I should say, because he's he's a good player. He's a good fit on that team. Um, but he's, he's not shielded trans- by superstars. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's the fourth or fifth best player on that team. Um, defensively, I mean, he does a lot. He's 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 essentially a more talented, offensively talented version of Rodman. Yeah, but not quite as offensively gifted as Barkley. He's he's sort of somewhere in between those two. Um, again, really good for what he does on that team, but at the same time. You know, not nearly as important on any other team in the league. He just, he just isn't. Um, he's definitely being helped by uh, by Steph and Clay and uh, KD when he's playing. Um, and I think Kerr uses them very, very smart. Um, but yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty Draymond out. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I like I said, he's he's important to that team, but he wouldn't near he wouldn't be nearly as effective on almost any other team in the league. Um, so. Uh, let's put a quick bow on the NBA and uh, just just sports talk in general and sort of get into a, a sports related topic. But you and I both wanted to talk about Mac Bags, the uh, transvestite yes. wrestler. Um, the transgender wrestler. Me, tra- did I say transvestite? What's the difference? I, I I'm don't ignorant. know. Transvestite. Yeah, I mean, no. My you know my ex taught me a lot about this stuff and the whole gender identity stuff. 
I think transvestite is an outdated term. I don't think it's used anymore okay. from what I understand. I mean, I'm going off just, you know, memory recall on this. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I remember about it. But, uh, yeah, um, Mac Bag is a um, – it's Mac Bag, right? I don't want to use the name. I think it's Bag, B-E-G-G-S. Yes, but uh, basically Mac Bags is, uh, was born female, has now uh, transitioned to a male, so it's considered a transgender male. And uh, won the uh, uh, Texas uh, Girls Wrestling Championship, mm-hmm. their state title. Yeah. And basically because there's this goofball law in Texas that says you have to compete at the gender that is on your birth certificate. Even though, you know, in all aspects of life, he now identifies as a male, is on hormones, has transitioned, you know, looks like looks like a 17-year-old boy, you know, because of this stupid outdated law. He's... Yeah, this poor kid. Remember, this is a teenager, a 17-year-old. Like, think back to when we were teenagers. High school wasn't the easiest point in our life. And now you have all these j- just douchebags coming out of the woodwork and just sending this kid death threats, calling him a cheater, just terrorizing this kid. And it's like, you know, the kid, at the end of the day, he just wants to wrestle. And it's not his fault that Texas says, oh, you can only wrestle the girls. He wants to wrestle the boys. Like, people just... At the end of the day, man, remember, it, it's a kid. Like, get over yourselves. You may not agree with it, but you don't have to just terrorize this person. You and I agree a lot on this, actually. Uh, we talked a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. We wanted to save the discussion a lot for the for the podcast. So, um, all right, first of all, let's get this thing out of the way. This isn't a choice, by the way. This is a feeling. This is sort of like a mindset that people are born with. I mean, there are signs that people have seen gender identity issues in as early as, like, three. You know, yeah. you can't tell me that a three-year-old is making this choice. So let's get that antiquated. He said he knew around seven, I believe. Yeah, let's get just, let's just get that out of the way. That's one of those things. That's such an old way of thinking. That's an old-timey way of, of dealing with this. Oh, why don't they just choose to be straight? What person in their right mind would choose that life? You know? and But yeah. at the same time, what person would choose to hide it? You know, those are the people that I feel the worst for. So I appreciate sort of what this... Um, what Mac is going through, I, I appreciate it in the sense that I like the fact that, and I, I hesitate to say he or she. I, I'm, I'm actually sort of struggling with that right now. So, he, so you it's say, he you say because he. he's transitioning, yes. he's becoming yes. a male. So, I, I actually like the fact that he is going through all this, knowing that the 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 scrutiny he's going to get. I think it actually shows it's a lot of courage. And this is one of those things that's so divisive that just really shouldn't be. Um, I appreciate the courage that it takes to do this. It's something that, like, I think is almost admirable in the sense that your kid can, you know, not be afraid of, you know, of of just, I guess, the scrutiny, the criticism or whatever. It shows a lot of self-confidence. I think it shows people that it's okay to be who you are. You know, as long as it's, 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 it's not... I think people look at this as I'm almost confused as to why it's an issue. Like if if that makes sense. And I don't say it in a way to minimize it. I'm saying it in a way to, I guess, sort of say that we should be beyond this. There's other issues that we should be addressing. You would think in 2017. Right. And there's not. And there's going to be people that listen to this that you or I are even close to that are going to probably disagree with us. And I honestly, it's just how I feel. It doesn't mean that they're right. It doesn't mean that, that I'm right. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It's just an opinion, but unfortunately that when it comes to this stuff, we have to remember it is a kid, it is a human being, it's not a choice. And I I think that people boiling it down to, well, he shouldn't be allowed to wrestle. He shouldn't wrestle at all, blah, blah, blah. It's unfair. It's unfair. 
it's for one, everybody relax. It's high school sports. Like it's not life changing. None of us are gonna die. Yeah. We're gonna walk out of our house the same as we did the day before this happened and as the day after. It's not really as big of an well, issue and, as it's being made out to be. Um or at least it shouldn't be. It is, but it shouldn't be because to me this is And high school sports are so important for kids. Like they are. for me personally, dude, I was an I was an anti social, like just nerd and cast off. I had I was scared to death to interact with people, and then I joined the baseball team, and like I met my, you know, my friends I still have for life now, and like I started to come out more, I started to build confidence, I, I learned how to interact with other people. Like the the team building around sports has been shown in studies to be so crucial, you know, to a to a preteen or to a teenager. Like, why should we take that away from anyone? Like, everyone should have that same opportunity to to go through that and experience the, those, you know, those life changing moments, and to just grow as a person. Like. Who are we to say, like, oh, you know, you made this choice, so now you can't compete? Like, it's absurd to me. Right. It, I agree, 100%. Um... And it's Texas' stupid law that, you know, he has to compete against the girls. He has said flat out, I want to compete against the boys. And he's a junior now. He plans to go to college for wrestling and uh, joining USA Wrestling, and he'll be allowed to wrestle men in college. Like, you know, don't, don't blame the kid. Blame the stupid Texas rule. It's absurd. Well... It's weird because Texas is one of these sort of conservative states where I think they're a little bit behind the times. You see this a lot in the South and the Southeast. And I don't give a shit if I'm going to get anything for this, whatever. It's true. You know, granted, it's, you know, you speak in generalities and people get upset, but I've lived in that area. It's racially, culturally, um, in general, that area. And I know at some level that I've been told stories by my buddy Johnny that there's this town in Texas called Viner, Texas, calling them the N-word, like, as they're playing. It's an all-white school, just calling them the N-word. I mean, this my buddy Johnny was on the same football team that Quentin Jammer played on, you know, and, and high-profile school that went to Viner, Texas, and Viner, Texas had referees calling them the N-word because he went to a predominantly, predominantly black school. So Texas is just like this, and they, they – you know, and again, I'm speaking in broad generalities off secondhand stuff. So if you want to give me shit, I don't care. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's just, it's something that we need to sort of, you know, it's part of the evolution of human beings. And everybody really, we all should just sort of get over it. We can't control it. If you have that big of an issue with it, either ignore it, but don't send a kid death threats. Like, that's such a yeah. pussy move that i just or, can't stand that these cheeto fingered pieces of shit just sit behind their computer and they just trash people like oh yeah and it's the it's the fat unathletic white men in the crowd saying these things too it's like dude you can never dream to do anything like what this kid is doing or have the courage to actually just do it in such a public forum like these people can't even talk yeah. shit in a public forum this guy is is you know facing and to call this kid scrutiny. a cheater yeah it's he's yeah. It's high school to call him a cheater is absurd yeah. because he basically got permission from a doctor. The, the, um, the rules in Texas wrestling say that you're allowed to take testosterone as long as it's prescribed and overseen by a doctor and is for a legitimate health condition, which he has as he's transitioning. And he's also said that he's taking the absolute minimal dose so that he doesn't have you know some unfair advantage over the girls he's wrestling against. So to call him a cheater, you're just not doing your homework and you're just absolutely just ignorant. Right. So, all right, you, uh, you got any thoughts on this, or you want to move uh, to the end of the show? Uh, on the, I think I'm, I've covered everything on this one. I just, it's like I said, people, like you, you can have your opinion, you can disagree, but at the end of the day, like, just let other people live. Like, 
You don't have to preach your beliefs on other people. You really don't. I don't understand why people waste so much energy on that just in general. It's like I'm not going to the I'm not I'm not out at the picket line saying everybody in Buffalo needs to be a Giants fan. It's an opinion. Yeah. It's 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 just Yeah, it's opinion. like I don't I don't go into work every day and criticize, you know, some of the other guys for being out of shape or, or you know, overweight and like, hey, you, you need to go to the gym. You need to live the lifestyle that I do. You need to be clean. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Like, dude, live your own life, man. Uh, yeah, and I think it's uh, – I think a lot of people are just – I think they're bored and they get on social media and they just they just sort of say to the first thing that comes to their head and they don't really think and they don't realize that there's there's people out there that are going through real stuff and, and – and, or maybe they're there, the people that are saying this are going through real stuff, and that's just their way of dealing with it instead of actually having the courage to deal with it and, you know, head on, which I think that that's another thing. I think people like to avoid issues and uh, and do it behind a computer screen rather than actually going out and affecting any kind of real change. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, thankfully for you and I, we have a podcast that a, a few people listen to, and um, and I mean a few. Um, but, uh, yeah. but, but you know what? We're saying we have beliefs, and uh, f off if you don't like them because you know. Uh, hey, and I'm open to conversation. Yeah. yeah, if someone disagrees with me, hit me up. I mean, Tony Q's 44 on Twitter. DM me, you know, tag me, whatever you want to say. Feel free, you know. I mean, I'd agree with you. I'll go back and forth with you in a civil manner, but you know, it is what it is. Right, and only intelligent stuff, please. Not like you know, if, if you disagree, that's one thing. But don't be like, oh, it's weird, it's gay, it's whatever. It's like I hate that. It's just like it's not well yeah. thought out, and your opinion is is pretty much pointless if you're not willing to have an actual discussion where progress is being made. And again, my opinion isn't progress. Agreeing with me isn't progress. But if you want to have a, a a legitimate discussion, then then by all means. But don't be dickheads, basically. So yeah, absolutely. That being said, again to remind everybody, you can find Tony at Tony Q's forty four, me at Bill K Eagle, and the show at Under the Hoodies. Also, Under the Hoodies podcast on Facebook, and um, feel free just to hit us up whenever you want about anything, especially this topic. This is something that Tony and I actually agree on and feel really passionate about. And uh, you know what? Big ups to that kid for uh, for his courage, man. That that takes that's a lot. That's tough. And uh, yeah. to do it at his age is, is is impressive. So, all right, Tony, I saw a movie. Um, yes, a movie like none I've seen before. I think that that I I saw Get Out. All right, you haven't seen it yet, but I will tell everybody no. once Tony sees it, we are going to have after the music plays on that episode. Hopefully next week, we are going to talk about this movie in depth. I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of things, and we are going to spoil the dog shit out of this movie once Tony <laughs> sees it. But we are going to do it after the music, so we're going to do this most likely next week. I really want Tony to see this, and this is yes, you know I want to see it. Trust right, and yeah, it and, looks amazing. And, um, we, you know, we we we, I, I think this is sort of a territory that you and I want to get into, which is we want to start talking about stuff that's a little bit prevalent today, but not any of this Trump stuff. I mean. This is a, this is supposed to be the show is supposed to be a conversation about sports and life. So there's issues that we feel strongly about that we want to talk about. This movie Get Out addresses a lot of them, and and just so everybody that if you're on the fence about seeing it, I will tell you this is not one of those movies where all white people are evil. This is not one of those movies that are that are pro race one way or the other. It's thought provoking. Every single scene in this movie has a purpose. There's incredible comic relief. Uh, there's a character on, in the movie named Rod. 
Rod is a absolute comedic revelation. You'll you'll very rarely see a human being on screen funnier than Rod. Um, this movie will make you think. It'll make you. Oh, I, I I hesitate to even say anything. It, it just this yeah, is save it. this is what movies should be. Then that's all I'm really gonna I'm gonna end it on. This is what movies should be. Okay, this is art. This is creativity. This is everything's wrapped up. Everything in the movie has purpose. There's no fat in this movie. Nothing. There's a scene at the beginning that ties in with every single other aspect of the main character. It's it's just something I've never seen before. Like it's just it's a perfect movie. Jordan Peele made a a movie that made me want to watch every single thing he's ever been involved with. That that man is operating on a level that very few people in Hollywood they get paid millions and millions of dollars are. And 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 to avoid even spoiling anything right now, I'm actually going to drop it and we're going to talk um entertainment picks. So Tony, what do you got? Uh, for entertainment, um, I would have to say, dude, it's March Madness. Just go watch one of the conference tournaments. ACC tournament started today. Uh, you got the Pac-12, you got the Big Ten, the the Big East. I mean, just any college basketball tournament. I believe BYU is playing, or no, uh, Gonzaga is playing maybe St. Mary's tonight. Gonzaga's had a great season. They've been fun to watch. Um, just any college basketball. I mean, now's the time. Just Go head first in college basketball. Even if you haven't watched it all year, check out UCLA. Check out Kentucky. Check out my hometown, Syracuse Orange. Just devour college basketball. And I'm going to tell people, uh, there's a podcast out. It's actually the number one podcast on iTunes right now. It's called Missing Richard Simmons. I am telling yes, you, I gotta listen it's to compelling. It is compelling. You, you, you forget how famous Richard Simmons is until you listen to this, and you're like, yeah, everybody knows who that guy is. And, and then you sort of actually realize how important he is to a lot of people, how inspirational he is, how much of a character he is, but also how incredibly sad he is. That is something that I learned so much about a human being. And this is what I love about really good storytelling. It could take a topic or a person that you know nothing about or really before you started listening or reading or watching, you didn't think about and then make it compelling, make you want to keep watching it. Every single one of us can watch OJ Made in America and be like, oh, this is really fascinating. I'm going to watch this. But very few things can, like, very few people that have nothing to do with Richard Simmons can listen to this and and get something from it. And, and, and I will tell you that it was well worth the listen. Each episode's not longer than 35 minutes. Not difficult to listen to. So, uh, I recommend it, man. I recommend it a lot. That That is, it's a podcast that I think it it's 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 how good storytelling should be, and um, I said that about Get Out as a as a movie. I'm saying that about it as Missing Richard Simmons is as a as a podcast and a docu series. Very very compelling, very interesting about a topic that I knew very little about. He's just kind of like, oh, Richard Simmons, he's a crazy guy in the sparkling clothes, but uh, so much more layered, so much more sad, and it, it really gets into it, and it's still going on. So there's a mystery every Wednesday that another piece of the uh, onion you get to peel back, and it's uh, it's fascinating. So um, I would 100% tell people at least listen to the first episode. It's 27 minutes long, I believe, um, and uh, you'll definitely keep listening after that. Nice. Yeah, I look forward to listening to it on Friday on my drive up north. Yeah, man. So um, 
nothing really to gamble on. I actually think we're going to curb the gambling stuff for a while because, for one, we're not even paying off freaking gambling anyway. So uh, once we're all caught yeah. up on the paying it off, um, we will uh, we will start gambling again, and we'll start gambling on some random stuff, I think. Um, but you and I will talk more about that offline. So, uh, Tony, you got anything before I let us go? Uh, I got a couple quick stories I've been oh, thank um, you, thank you. putting yeah, on the back it. burner for you. Yes, uh, one you can appreciate for sure. Anybody who does any kind of delivery work will appreciate this. But um, I was riding with uh, with X at work the other day, and he does the Utica route, which is an absolute toilet out east of Syracuse. And we're up in a building. It was the tail end of the day, so you know my patience was already kind of worn thin with people. And uh, we come up to the elevator. I'm pushing the cart with the water bottles in tow, and you know X and I are talking, and we run into these two gentlemen at the elevator. One, a very, very large gentleman. And he looks right at us and he goes, It's the Water Boys! And I just stared at him with this dead look on my face. Like, I don't, you know, my face is emotionless. No reaction whatsoever. Completely no-selling him, to use a wrestling term. And, he, you know, he looks at me. He's like, Oh, you know, the Water Boy, the movie with Adam Sandler? I look this guy dead in the eyes. I peer into his soul and I'm like, Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what? It's not goddamn funny because I've heard it a million times. So I look over at X and, you know, he's biting down on his hand, trying not to laugh. We get out of the elevator, go back to the truck, load it up. We get in the cab, which is any any delivery guys know that's your safe zone. You can talk about whatever you want, just unload on people, just vent. And X looks at me. He's like, yo, Tony, uh, you know where we just delivered to, right? And I'm like, nah, man, wasn't really paying attention. He's like, yeah, the, that was like a rehab clinic. That's for, like, people, you know, coming off, like, heroin or methadone or, you know, something they're addicted to. And uh, that guy uh, was seemed to be, uh, you know, a, a customer or a patient, if you will, there. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, dude, that uh, that guy kind of put his head down. He looked like he was about to cry. And I'm like, oh, well, probably pushed him right back off the cliff into the arms of addiction. But, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, Tony, you should really – I don't know why you haven't been knighted yet. Uh, you were just an absolute delight. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate yeah. that. That's That's got to be one of our biggest pet peeves, along with how's how are the roads or how's the weather outside. Or you must not have to go to the gym doing your job. Oh, two hours every night. I oh, I hate that. So listen, people. When you see a guy, a UPS guy, a FedEx guy, any kind of delivery service guy, think of more creative questions. Like, think of something funny that will make me pop, something just out of the norm. Don't ask the usual stupid questions. I hate small talk. It's the most annoying thing on the planet to me, one of my biggest pet peeves. Harley had a good customer uh, interaction once. Somebody went up to him and go, what are those? That's good stuff. Water, That's not bad. Water those. I get it. it. Um, Any, anything different. Anything out of the norm. Well, I'll crack for. I haven't told you yet. Dark I'm humor. I'm going to tell you a quick story too. Actually, so I am walking out of a building. Or excuse me, I'm walking out of a uh, a room. I'm walking out of the staff door. So the staff door, nobody ever goes in or out except for the staff. And it's the middle of the day. All the staff are there. So um, I go to open the door. I open it. You know, a little hard because I have you know I have bottles in my hand or whatever. And uh, bam just smash into somebody i open the door i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry it was a little old lady in a wheelchair oh and i'm like oh my god ma'am i'm so so sorry i didn't know you were there this is a staff door i didn't think anybody was coming through and she goes that's okay honey 
I'm paralyzed from the waist down. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, oh my god! I felt so terrible. I felt absolutely awful. But man, <laughs> that's amazing. See, that's funny. That, that's dark humor. That, I love. I that. love that old bird, man. She was the best. Um, I tried to give oh her. Some, I would have bought her lunch. I tried, man. I really tried to give her a bottle of water. I was like, you want a bottle of water or something, or I can run and grab you something with the vending machine? Oh, I was like, I feel so bad. She was like, oh no, that's okay. I should have been going in the staff door. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm gonna die soon, anyways. No, <laughs> should have said that. I would have lost it. But yeah, um, but no, I was like, oh my god. When she said she was paralyzed from the waist down, I was just like, well, at least I'll, uh, at least I'll have Tony in the bowels of hell with me to hang out because holy yeah. shit, that I feel bad. So um, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my story. I was actually saving that. That happened uh, yesterday afternoon. No, that's great. I didn't tell you on purpose. I can tell you here. It's. It's funny you mention that because I just remember one from years ago when I delivered to the hospital in Syracuse, um, Galasano, the children's hospital. And I was talking to a nurse that I happened to know from back in the day. And she was pushing an older gentleman, had to be like his 80s or 90s in a wheelchair. And we're both sitting there making small talk, waiting for the elevator. And it's taking forever. So eventually the old guy turns in his chair, looks up at the both of us. He's like, huh, let's just take the stairs, sweet tits. I'm not going to live that much longer anyways. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what? That's hilarious. I love old guys like that. They just aren't afraid to say anything. No, they just I, don't care anymore. They are the best. Um, yeah, I, I look forward to being that old guy one day. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to have my new house and just stand out my front porch in my underwear and yell at the neighborhood children. Oh, God. You start turning into Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all right. So, all right, Tony, if you don't have anything else, uh, oh, yeah, one more quick, because I had to get this to you. I had to tell you the story. But um, Oh, the Beecham story. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes, the Beach story. Yeah, you you know my buddy Beach. I've been friends with this kid since, like, fourth grade. Great eyebrows, man. Great eyebrows. Amazing eyebrows. He is the most handsome son of a bitch. You know, I have no problem saying that. If I was gay, I would go for Beach immediately. This, this guy is magnificent. Felicity Jones but, uh, would be jealous of his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gearing up for uh, St. Paddy's. And for those who aren't from Syracuse, no, like, this is a huge Irish town. We have the only upside-down traffic light you know, in the country, basically a bunch of Irish people in the, in the tip Hill district chucked rocks at the light because the red symbolizing the British was on top of the green <laughs> and basically holding them down. So these locals would chuck rocks at it. They were called the stone throwers and they would throw it, you know, repeatedly until eventually they got so sick of fixing the light. They flipped it upside down. So, you know, huge Irish town. And this is a debate I've gotten in with our buddies, you know, Ben and Nate who are coming out here for the parade this Saturday. I'm like, Dude, Syracuse is St. Patrick's Day Parade. We'll blow Buffalo out of the water. You cannot compete with us. You may be bigger, but nobody does it more Irish than this town unless you maybe go over to Dublin. So we're celebrating the festivities, and a couple Sundays ago is what's called Green Beer Sunday, where uh, the uh, big Irish bar in town, Coleman's, gets a delivery of green beer. It's basically Coors Light dyed green with food coloring, but it's a huge event. It's a reason for people to drink and party and be outside, so it's a good time. So, uh, you know, I go out with my buddies, Mike and Beach, and uh, we go to one of the bars down the street, Rosie's at one point, and uh, we see a couple of friends from high school that we hadn't seen in years, you know, Sarah and Allie, and they're just completely bombed and dancing like fools, and they're like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed, I can't believe you guys saw that. It's like, you know, whatever. So we're talking to them, and they have a friend um, <laughs> who uh, Beecham starts chatting up at the bar, you know, Beecham will talk to anybody, he's a nice guy. Uh, I don't want to be mean to this girl. She wasn't ugly by any means, 
but this girl had the most striking as a resemblance to uh, Velma from Scooby Doo, like to a T. The glasses, the haircut, everything. This is like this is Velma come to life. So Beecham's chatting with her at the bar, <laughs> and every few minutes she makes a point, and Mike and I are maybe five feet behind them. And every time she makes a point, we keep going, "Oh, Jinkies! Oh, Jinkies, Scoob! Jinkies, Shaggy!" So then I start cutting with the <laughs> okay, Reggie, <laughs> Zoink, Scoob. The whole time Beecham's chatting to this girl at the bar, we were just making these Scooby-Doo references back and forth, like, oh, hey, man, it's almost midnight. We better get back to the mystery machine. We got to go solve another mystery, like, and the whole, Beecham can hear us the whole time. He's just trying not to pay attention. He's smiling, sort of laughing to himself, but it's just, it, it's just so much fun just tormenting one, you know, your best friend as he's just, you know, trying to interact with someone and, you know, just driving him nuts in his ear. Oh, that was it. I thought there was a punchline, buddy. Yeah, no. Oh, well, okay. and sorry. What one of the, no one of the best lines though was then uh, when after she left and we're standing there at beach and doing some reconnaissance with him, like, oh, how'd it go, man? And then uh, Mike busts out with a line. Uh, he's like, dude, I, you know, I thought you would have gone after Daphne. You wouldn't have settled for Velma. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys had a great line that you could have played there, though. I I love this story because I know Beach. But I'm telling you, what you should have done, you'd be like, Beach should have said to you guys, I would have slept with her too if it wasn't for you damn kids. <laughs> Where was oh, that God. for Beach, man? He's, Beach isn't quick on the comebacks, unfortunately. Uh, he relies on the looks. Damn, man. I love that kid, though. You, and you've met him, so you know, dude. He takes he takes punishment, abuse, the best of anybody. Like, he's always in on the joke. He just raises that perfectly manicured eyebrow. And, uh, oh, like the rock. Yeah, he's he's definitely the uh, the uh, the feminist champion over there. Um, yeah. Oh, and by the way, too, I had him listen to our podcast. He loved, absolutely loved your, um, uh, well, you know, my interview with Mark Wahlberg. By the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Mark um, <clears throat> comes to his senses and stops with that uh, operation he started over there. Uh, we really don't want Mark going away to, to prison for yeah. for quite a well, while. We'll try to get him back on when the Celtics hopefully play the Cavs in the playoffs. Yeah, he's a big Celtics fan too. Um, yeah, he got uh, he got he got tickets for uh, for whatever game that they uh, you know if they make it to a game seven, he's got for the first three quarters. <laughs> oh jeez, ouch. Yeah. So all right, uh, I have to go. Um, so yes. that is Tony DeNicola over there. I am Bill Kegel over here. Um, and Great I did not back. think of a podcast related movie quote. This week uh, just hit me that I should have came up with one beforehand. So see if I can do one real quick. Get out! That's all. Alright, buddy. See you later. Have a good one. Number. Murder.